Welcome to Liquid Church Audio. The message you're about to enjoy was originally delivered at Liquid by Pastor Tim Lucas. LiquidChurch.com, living water for a thirsty generation. Now, we're live on the web. If you make sure you're connected, the writing's on the wall. But if your mind's neglected, stumble, you might fall. Stumble, you might fall. If you remember back to the summer, many of you were part of our Outflow Outreach projects. And to cap off our Connected Living series this fall, we thought this was the perfect time to kind of close the loop on the saga of Claudia's Kitchen. Uh, Claudia, as you might remember, is a single mom in our congregation here who someone nominated for an Extreme Home Makeover Church Edition. And when we met with Claudia uh, a few months ago and understood her situation, we as a church were kind of moved and you were moved to action. Uh, as Claudia mentioned, she has four adult children and throughout life, raising them on her own, always kind of putting herself second. Um, you know, working her job, raising them alone, making meals, doing everything she could to kind of make ends meet. And this was a special challenge because her son, Frank, who you heard about in the video, uh, is disabled. He had that malignant brain tumor at age nine, partially paralyzed right now. And Claudia has full-time caregiving responsibilities for him. And so when we went to meet with Claudia and heard about her dream for an expanded kitchen, more room, you know, to have her family over to to cook and provide care for for Frank, we were moved. And you were moved. Moved as a, a community of Christ followers should be. Moved enough to actually put your faith into action. And the question was, what could we do? Um, you know, over the summer, what was it that we would be able to, to do for her? Because, you know, needs are endless. But many of you stepped up to the plate and really sacrificed to bless the Coscarello family. Some of you gave your time. Uh, drawing up renovation plans to remodel her kitchen in a kind of an extreme way. Some of you gave your treasure. In fact, many of you sacrificed financially so that we had almost $10,000 to invest in a single project just to bless a single mom. And perhaps most significantly, the vast majority of you gave your time and your talents, used your one-of-a-kind gifts to accomplish something together as a team, what no single one of us could have done on our own. And the results are astounding. I want to welcome you to the conclusion of our Connected Living series as we talk about the power of teams and how each of us needs a place to serve. Because something special happens when God's people look outward to serve others. When each of us uses our God-given gifts to make Jesus Christ visible in a -a one-of-a-kind way in the world. The results are actually remarkable. Here we go. Good morning, Coscarello family! Their their neighbors are hating us right now. It's like 7.30 a.m. Are you guys ready to rock this house? Let's let it You know, the coolest thing is that everybody is here just to serve, and everyone has a unique gift to contribute. In fact, a lot of people brought their own tools. I mean, we all have our own gift that we can come and serve with, and the nice thing is, I'm just here to serve Jesus. Sanding the existing floor, uh, putting coat of stain down, 
and then it's got to be dust free. Uh, we'll wait at least 24 hours and put a coat of finish on and it's going to look like a brand new room and a lot bigger. Liquid Church volunteers and a lot of patience from Claudia Pascarello. That's a lot of sawdust in your house. But we finally have a finished project and it absolutely came out beautiful, probably even more beautiful than you imagined. It's incredible is that that's just man so you are amazing this is the great if you're new this is the greatest friggin church in new jersey i'm serious this is like the, the power of teamwork when god's people put their time and their talents and their treasure to accomplish together something none of us could accomplish on our own that's literally what is the heartbeat of jesus's church not sameness but diversity each of us being different, but, but pulling together in the same direction, drawing your hearts and your hands to be part of something bigger than ourselves. And the results are transformation. I mean, in this case, the, the, the literal transformation of a kitchen. I mean, it's incredible. It's before and after shots. So can we thank Jessica Bancroft for that video? That was an amazing job. Her gifts, too. That was just phenomenal. 
But it's about so much more than a kitchen, isn't it? It's not a kitchen. It's about literally becoming the hands and feet of Jesus to the people in our lives who need help the most. The widow and the orphan and their distress, the least, the last, or the just plain lost. At its heart, being part of a team is what it means to be the church of Jesus Christ. Because church no longer becomes something that we just do on Sunday. But we link arms to serve together and make God's presence visible. Literally, you could see it in this world that he loves. Henry Nouwen, uh, he was a Catholic priest, brilliant man, reflective writer. And he had this to say about the power of Christian community. Listen to this. Community is like a large mosaic. Each little piece seems so insignificant. One piece is bright red, another cold blue or dull green, another warm purple, another sharp yellow, another shining gold. Some look precious, others ordinary. Some look valuable, others worthless. Some look gaudy, others delicate. As individual stones, we can do little with them except compare them and judge their beauty and value. When, however, all these little stones are brought together in one big mosaic portraying the face of Christ, who would ever question the importance of any one of them? If one of them, even the least spectacular one, is missing, the face is incomplete. Together in the one mosaic, each little stone is indispensable and makes a unique contribution to the glory of God. That's community, a fellowship of little people who together make God visible in this world. Jesus calls the church his body. And each one of you is a piece of that mosaic. When those stones are brought together in one big mosaic, you actually see Jesus Christ becomes visible in the world. This is an apt metaphor. I mean, each of us are members of a body, the Bible says, but we have, we're different parts, different abilities. Some of us are hands. You're good with tools and a sledgehammer, breaking down walls or tearing up tile. Some of us are feet, running to the place of greatest need and be like swift to serve or, or write a check. Some of us are mouths, you know, maybe using a bullhorn a little too loud, uh, you know, to rally the troops. But when we come together using our talents as a team, that's when Jesus literally shows up. When his presence becomes tangible in our midst. In speaking with Claudia, she told me of a, a co-worker who came over to admire her newly remodeled kitchen. And she is an atheist. And uh, she was astounded because she said, wait, wait let, let me get this straight. Your church did all this? And when Claudia said, yeah, God, God did it through them. Her co-worker replied, wow, this, this makes me want to believe. See, when God's compassion and power is put on display through the gifts of his people. Lives are changed. Kitchens get made over, but so do hearts and souls and mind. And that's why the third part of our connected living strategy is really to find a team. Find God, find a friend, and, and, and find a team. There are only three basic things we encourage everyone at Liquid to do as part of our church family. Find God. You've got to establish that one-on-one -on -one connection with God through personal trust in Jesus Christ. That's something only you can do for yourself. Hopefully that's why you're here. But then we say, we don't want you to just check in and check out anonymously. Find a friend. Because life was meant to be shared with others. Not to do it alone in isolation. That's why we have life groups. That's the environment you grow spiritually and find traveling partners for your spiritual journey. But that's not all. This third thing, in my opinion, is absolutely crucial if you're going to discover the largest purpose of your life in God's bigger plan. Because each of you, every one of you here this morning, has been born with a gift. Yes, you, in the back row. You are gifted. <laughs> and that's why you need to find a team. To find others with whom you can share your God-given ability in linking arms, make a difference in the lives of ordinary people who need help or who are far from God. I think what struck me most about that Claudia's, uh, you know, kitchen is how none of us, you know, not with any amount of money could have done that on our own. I mean, that was an army of volunteers, many of them giving up their weekends to surf, to change countertops, you know, I, elbow grease, Alex and Kelly ripping up the tile, took some of you with a, with, a, with a gift of anger to smash down those walls, you know, it's like good for you, <laughs> therapeutic. It took people with the refined gifts of woodworking, like Ryan, right, to install cabinets, do the trim work. Specialized gifts like Frank Allery, which put that ceiling lighting. It took strong, the gift of muscle, <laughs> to move hutches and pianos. People like Brock and Peter and countless others bent over using holy muscle to make that happen. And that list goes on. I think you could hear it in Claudia's thank yous at the end. It's just the tip of the iceberg. The gratitude for so many of you giving your time and your talents to bless her that way just went on and on and on. Each of you has a gift. That's the most basic way I can think to say it. And you may not have participated in, in this service project over the summer, but it's no accident that you're here this fall. 
Because as God grows us and we seek to impact even more people in Morristown, even more people in New Jersey, even more people globally, with the grace and kindness of our loving God, your gift is needed. Needed in a big way. And you know what? The reverse is true. You need to use your gift as well in a big way. Or at least be part of something bigger than yourself, bigger than your nine-to-five job or, or little life or story during the week. You need to be part of a team and discover that role God created you to play in making Jesus visible to this world he so loves. So what I thought we'd do is just take a few minutes to discuss the kinds of gifts that are likely represented in a room this size. And some of you, you know what I'm talking about. You're already kind of you know, in action. You've been serving and investing your abilities to lead and make a difference here at Liquid. Some of you, though, are just plugging back in. Maybe you've been away for the summer. And you're like, what was that all about? And I wish I was home. I wish that was my kitchen. Um, <laughs> where do I fit, right? That's kind of our connected living mantra. Where do, where do you fit? And some of you have no idea what I'm talking about. Like, I've got a gift, dude. You, no, what are you talking about? I'm nothing special. I don't have any unique abilities or talents. I mean, unless you, unless you call, like, you know, wiggling my ears a gift, see? Uh, <laughs> teams, like sports teams, no. This is about something bigger than, that you were destined to be a part of, whether you're aware of it or not. I want to invite you to turn with me to Romans 12, 6 through 8. This will be our basic text for this morning. It's on page 788 in your pew Bible. <clears throat> and it's the... Uh, part of Paul's letter to the Christian church in Rome. And uh, he was really just talking with them about what it means to be the church, what it means to be part of that mosaic. Some of us, you know, think we're insignificant. Others of us think we shine, but actually together we're each essential. Romans 12, 6 through 8, he writes this. He says, each of you has different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it's serving... Let him serve. If it's teaching, let him teach. If it's encouraging, let him encourage. If it's contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it's leadership, let him govern diligently. If it's showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. Now, this is interesting, by the way, because Paul's just highlighting just a, just a few of the talents and abilities that God has bestowed on, on each of us in his church. And the first thing is this. Whatever special gift or ability you have, whether it's you know playing the drums or making people feel welcome and accepted and writing name tags, or working with children, that gift that you have comes directly from God himself. It is given to you by him and actually, check this, exists for God's glory, not just your individual success. I know this cuts against our kind of Western individualistic, you know, mindset, which says that, well, my gifts are my own and they're for my benefit. It's how I make a living, right? So if you're good at numbers... I make a living with them. I know how to sell things or I'm a good caregiver. So, so we have nine to five jobs and we try to, we, some of us try to think that's our identity. I'm an investor. I'm, I'm a marketing person. I'm a nurse. I'm a teacher. I'm an office manager. You use your gifts to earn a living, right? And you know what? That in itself is a gift. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. Now this is kind of redundant because that word grace literally translates in the Greek to gift, but a different kind of gift, something bestowed on you that actually has a divine origin. Glenn, how'd you get so good at numbers? I don't know. I just seemed to have a natural aptitude. Really? How did you develop that? I don't know. My, my mommy played baby Einstein in the background while I was... No, not at all. Each of you has a gift from God. And your talent that you use in the secular world to make money, earn a living, enjoy gainful employment, that's a gift. And it's one of the ways God provides for us by enabling you to use your skills to provide for ourselves. But this is the deal. In God's eyes, while important, that's secondary. That is, God sees our gifts primarily through the lens of not just benefiting ourselves or making a living, but benefiting his church. You mean, my gift is not simply for my own aggrandizement? Yeah, that's right. You exist for God's glory, not your own. And those talents he's placing you were strategically placing you so that you could lead and build up his family in a one-of-a-kind way. Not the way I do or that your buddy can or that your spouse does, but in a way that's uniquely you. We don't all have the same gifts, do we? And thank God for that, because this would just be one big like competition. But God gives us unique gifts like these to serve his body. I mean, look at the sampling that Paul gives here. Would you follow along with me here? And in the background, what we're going to do today is just kind of put up a little bit of wallpaper you're going to see going in the background of some of the people who are exercising their gifts. They're using their talents in this church to impact the world. And, and you don't let it be distracting, but let this kind of go over this as we look at Romans 12, 6 through 8. The first one says uh, the gift of prophesying. And in Scripture, that really simply means the preaching God's messages. It doesn't mean like prophesying, like predicting the future, you know, like Miss Cleo. Um, not so much. 
This is a fancy Bible word kind of for, for preaching. In other words, in some ways, like I'm kind of the, the prophet designated in this family. I'm the guy with my regular task is communicating the word of God each week. I don't speak for God, uh, but, I do, but I preach his word. I, I, these are not my ideas or constructs of what I think makes a good spiritual family or effective church. These are God's ideas. This is his message to us in Romans. But I'm the guy who prophesies or preaches God's message. That's, that's my natural ability that's used to kind of bless, on good days, this local body, okay? But now look at what the second one is. What is it? It says, prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is what? Yeah, teaching. And I think of like Diana Berger or, or Tucker and Kathy who work at the starting point. You know, they lead those groups. One of the most uh, self-sacrificing couples you will meet. They love, teachers are, are not so much talkers, but listeners and guiding people along here. I think of all the people right now who are in Liquid Kids right now. Do you know what? Right now, there are 40 people who are not in this room. Do you know where they are? They are downstairs wiping your kids' noses and other things. Incredible. Teaching. Cindy Yakos is down there right now singing and dancing. Why? <laughs> oh, there she is. Why are you not down there singing and dancing? Get down there. <laughs> awesome. Sandy Kirkpatrick, she spends her Sundays, she's got two kids of her own, she spends her Sundays teaching fifth and sixth grade girls. Why? If you go down there, you'll see like her pink and frilly, you know, and girly little tent and everything. She's investing her life mentoring and teaching them. Teaching is another gift in God's family, but it also says they're serving. And I can think of a whole army of faithful volunteers who serve so selflessly each week. There's Susie, who often runs our PowerPoint, or Luann, who's helping with the single moms group. Here's my wife, Colleen, and Kimberly. They're running a mom's group over in Summit. Awesome. But when you come here on Sunday morning, there's so much going on behind the scenes. Just to give you a little bit of timeline, I want, to get, I want you to take a guess. What time do you think actually our church starts on Sunday? I know you showed up at 1040. What time do you think it actually starts? Want to take a guess? 530? Five, Matt, yes, there he is. Raise your hand. Matt Stauffer believes. He's like, five o'clock, folks. I know, I was here. 5 a.m. is when Francisco and Matt and, and all the staging team arrives at this place to unload the staging truck and help schlep over 1,000 pounds of equipment up to this ballroom, set up the concert, we're getting these st- screens that you're watching, the stage signs, all while you and I, I've got, you know, just enjoying our sleep. At 7 a.m., Bob Gregory shows up and oversees a setup and takedown of all the Liquid Kids stuff. He and Paul and Darth Voorhees, they set up the rooms, the equipment, the tents, the books, the toys, so they're ready when our children get here. And it takes, it takes men with muscle, okay? We got some muscular guys, Jeff Allen, Peter Klimchuk. You cannot overstate the value of this thing. But around 7.30 a.m., that's when actually Rob, Jeff, Pete, Mike, Marissa, all these guys back here, did you enjoy, did you enjoy the worship music here, Yeah. That, yeah, okay, we can give them a hand. That band spends two and a half hours practicing and tightening that experience before you even get here, before I get here. And then guess when they leave? They're here the whole day, playing three services, cleaning up their equipment. The last note is played at 8 p.m., a 12-hour day on the weekends. Why do they do this? Why? It's not out of duty or obligation. But it's because God gave them unique musical gifts. And they use them here in a way that they don't in their nine-to-five lives. For you. For blessing you guys. Abby Hans and Melissa, they arrive as service administrators around 8 a.m. They're those gifted gals. You notice this, by the way? Does this make you nervous? You ever see these women in the lobby that got, like, these earpieces and the clipboards and, like, watching and talking? Like, as you're walking, like, who are they? It's like the CIA. Those are our service administrators. They have the gift of organization. And they oversee our teams of greeters who welcomed you today. And that's because we have people who love on people, who love to smile, who love on loving you guys and create a warm and accepting place where you can take a step towards Christ. Incredibly important what they do. That is the heartbeat of our body. At 8.30 a.m., take a look. Everyone, everyone, turn to your right. Look over there. It's going to embarrass them a little bit. Nick and Kevin, would you wave, guys? Wave over there. Nick and Kevin running the media team today. Will and Steph on sound. Incredible. Nick, Carol, Kathy, the, you, let, you know, the images we use to support scripture, video, all that kind of stuff, that's Susie, Will, Kevin, all these guys to make God's body visible. Critical role saying, you know what, use, use mine. Nick, what do you do, by the way, by day? By day, he's an IT director for EdgeCon. And by Sunday, he has a time of his life. <laughs> I arrive, man, he's there, he's here at 8 a.m. I'm like, how are you doing this morning? He's like, great, man, I already had four coffees. 
He is a heavily caffeinated Nick Vicari. Each of you has a gift and it's needed. But you know what? You also need a place to use it. You need a team to be part of. Why? Because if you don't engage your God-given abilities in the service of something larger than yourself, it atrophies. You will miss being part of something that only can exist when the church of Jesus Christ comes together. Let me show you what I'm talking about, Nick. Can you go ahead and uh, roll that for us, a little compendium of just a sampling of what's going on here? Serving is meaningful to me because it's a way that I get to actually live out my faith. I found Liquid through my girlfriend at the time, who is now my wife, and um, you know she encouraged me to start going, and I just was really impressed by the, the type of service that uh, Liquid puts on. It's not a traditional church. It's not in any way what I was used to, and I just was attracted to it because I was moved from the city. It was very lively and trendy, and it was just, it was just really exciting. So I went for about two years before I actually started serving, and um, my wife again was one who encouraged me to serve. And um, you know, there was there, there was an opening at the time for the media team, which was one person at the time. So I had a technical background, and I felt like that would be the area where I could, you know, best be utilized. You know, I'm working probably 60 hours a week, and. I commute to New York City, so I'm up at 5.30 and I'm back usually around 8.30. There's many Sunday mornings where I wake up and I'm like, it's the last thing I want to do to get out of bed. But every time I've come here and done that, I've walked away from film. And that fulfillment is just so important to me. I'm here at Liquid because um, I've always loved Liquid kids. I used to actually teach, so teach um, junior high. Um, so I've always loved babysitting and being with kids. And now that I have my own, things go crazy. Um, but I still love being part of something larger than you know, just my life, my family, and you know, kids in my house. Well, I love serving um, Liquid kids, and I would encourage other people to do the same because. Um, well, time commitment is not that crazy. Like, it's just, you know, it's a couple hours on a Sunday and there's really no prep work or anything, so it makes it easy. Um, but then just the joy you get out of it and the connections that you have with these kids and um, just working with kids, you always get more back than what you give, so it's just fun to be part of. Servicing at Liquid has changed me. Um, I guess because you just, you see the larger picture. You see the, um, what God's doing and how he's working in all these little lives and you just get to watch the kids grow up. And their little eyes light up as they learn something new about God and you know, how wonderful he is. And it's not just a boring Sunday school lesson, but it's, you know, it's real life. It's exciting. And that's, you know, part of their lives, too. about serving at Liquid is that I get to connect with other people. And I know that's our theme right now, but it really is true. I mean, I moved here in February and I didn't know anybody. And I started coming to Liquid the week after I moved here. I talked to a couple people who gave me a name tag and were very friendly and stuff. And I was like, you know, I really want to be part of that because I could see that they all knew each other. And so I was like, I need to get into that. It's really exciting to me that we have so many new first-time gift bags going out every week. I mean, that to me is my favorite number to look at every week, is how many people came through here that were new and first-time. And I know, too, because I was, you know, that was me in February. I was one of those, that number. The best thing about being at the Hyatt in a non-church environment is that we really have to start from scratch. And that means that there's real teamwork, you know, and you come together as a team and, you know, whatever your personality type is, it's great because if you're sort of a behind-the-scenes kind of person, there's a place for you on the team. If you're an out-front kind of person, there's a place for you on the team. And everybody's crucial because we need people that have all different types of personalities and talents and everything. You know, if you have an interest, just come to, you know, Mike Leahy or Michael Coyle or, you know, somebody or, you know, um, Dave Bancroft and just kind of say, um, you know, I, I'm interested. I want to help out. I want to do something. I want to plug in. 
and there's a place for you. Awesome stuff. Great job. Every face, Sandy, Nick, Jessica, you, Jimmy, Joanna, all of them contributing to make the face of Jesus Christ visible in this world. That's literally the vision for the church. If you turn to Ephesians 4.11, this is a foundational verse for us. give you permission to write in the Bible, just circle this thing. Um, we underline this one because um, each of you does as a gift, and you've, we've got a role for you to play here at Liquid. Um, this is on page 812, so just skip back a tiny bit there. It says, um, it was Christ Jesus who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers. Now, just stop there because most people look at that and say, all right, here we go. Here's those religious jobs. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. That's like what you do, Tim. Do your church stuff, right? Whatever. <laughs> now, look why it says that God appointed some people to do that. To do what? Let's read together. To prepare God's people for what? Works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. And the, and the Greek actually connotes like someone exercising, like, oosh, oosh. In other words, my primary job as a pastor is to help you use your gifts. <laughs> Most people think, well, dude, you're the professional. You're the church guy. You do the ministry. Uh -uh. (laughs) Uh-uh. According to God, my job as a pastor is actually to help create opportunities for each of you to use your one-of-a-kind, God-given gifts, blessing other people, preparing works of service, things like feeding the poor, or remodeling kitchens, or welcoming newcomers, or singing to God, or loving on kids. That's not my job. I can't sing. You don't want to hear this. Okay? You don't want to hear me try. I watched that service project at Claudia's with amazement. Because Alex Duran knows how to swing a hammer better than I do. She is like a woman of fire. She's like, ah, wham! I put cabinets up like duct tape. Forget it. But that's reality, that God has positioned you within his family here at Liquid to strengthen and serve this local body in a -a one-of-a-kind way. There are no accidents in God's family. There's no unplanned births in God's family. You may not have, your parents may not have planned you, but God did. He knew the time and the place where you would live, and he set you here for a purpose. And that's why we ask, how can we help you find a team to serve on with other people? Because that's, that's my job. That's Mike's job. That's Dave's job. To help identify your gifts so you can serve God and other brothers and sisters within your family and beyond these walls. You know, I, I, that, that Sunday timeline I was talking about, how things start here at, uh, you know, 5 a.m. We didn't even talk about Daryl or Tommy, who sometimes go get the truck at 4 a.m., it goes all the way. It doesn't stop till 12 hours later. 8.30 tonight. Come back at 8.30 tonight, would you? And you'll see Chuck and Shelby. You know what they're doing? Guess what you have in your hand? These Bibles. Where do you think the Bibles come from? They magically come out of the ceiling in the ballroom. We just pray and they just drop out. It's amazing. Oh, Chuck and Sheldon bring these blue bins and, they, and these pens that you got and you, you stuff in your purse. And we know who you are, by the way, who are taking multiple pens. Uh, you know, someone <laughs> thought it was important enough to get here early and put the Word of God on your seat and put a pen in your hand and do it with a smile on their face. And after we trash this ballroom, it ain't the Hyatt folks who come clean it up. It's people like Chuck and Shelda picking up the Bibles, cleaning the fire. It's Cassie and Matt and and, and Chris and Brock and Stuart taking down these screens, packing up the equipment, Shanna coiling cables, stacking cases, up and down the service elevator with a smile. It's not a drag or inconvenience them. That's what always shocks me. They're like whistling. I'm like, oh, you're still drinking coffee. You're still on the, you know. They're like, no, I love doing this. I'm like, what? Dude, I don't love doing it that much. Because <laughs> it's their gift. Their gift is serving. And it's a beautiful thing to work with folks wired that way. Anthony comes in in the morning, man. He's like beaming ear to ear. He's got to like get me going. He's like, great day to be here, Pastor. I'm like, no, not so much. Come on, get up there. But if you go back to Romans 12, look, you know what Anthony does? Anthony, man, I know this. He, he has a spiritual gift of, look at this, go back to Romans 12, the next one, after teaching, after encouraging. The spiritual gift of encouragement. I think of Anthony in the morning. I think of his wife, Lisa. I think of Jimmy or Joanna or, or, or Faith or Tina who serve at the Welcome Center. Every week, without fail, they are there to welcome our first-time guests. 
Find out where you're from, answer any questions, hook you up with resources, or help you find a way to plug in. That's a crucial role in our family. Especially as we try to be an encouragement, not just to each other, but to new folks. Or maybe you're finding your way back to God for like the first time. That's why Ray and Vilma were out there this morning. Ray and Vilma, wave your hands. They're sitting way in the back there, way in the back. Those guys, who gives a... Dave, does anybody give a better hug than Ray? Ray, man. Vilma. (laughs) His wife, Vilma. Ray brings you on in, hug around the back, and it's not just because they're friendly from, you know, from Holland, but because he believes in that. Encouragement is essential. We all need it. You know what? Including me. I mean, I joke about that, you know, Anthony trying to pump me up in the morning. You know one of the things I look forward to every week coming to this church? You don't see this. But every couple of weeks, I get the greatest shot in the arm. It's like a jolt of adrenaline that keeps me going through all of our services. You want to see it? I brought a few with me. Here they are. I save these. I put them up in my office. These are letters from China Burke. She's a 10-year-old little girl who comes every week and writes me notes while I'm up here giving the message and draws me pictures. Look at these. I save these and put these in my office because when I get tired or discouraged and tempted to quit, I read these notes. I literally pull this out and it says, hey, Pastor Tim, P-A-S-T-E-R. I'm sorry if my notes at, at, at Liquid in this new hotel have been a little annoying. But everyone's so nice, and you have a great sense of humor, and you're fun. I love you and your hair and the service. It makes me have hope and joy and grow in my life. Your friend, China. This one just has a picture of a cross that says, China's listening. God speaks. Are you listening? Pastor Tim, today I was going to give you a flower, but then when we got to church, they gave us flowers. So I didn't. So... (laughs) (laughs) P.S. Here's a poem I wrote. I thought you might like to hear it. And she wrote a poem. I just put these up all over my office. You know why? This is like, this is like a shot of adrenaline to my soul. Pastor Tim, it's China. I was thinking and I noticed, I never notice when you walk on the stage. We're always watching the videos and then suddenly you're there. (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) Look, and then she drew a little picture. You see it? Look. She drew a little picture. Boom, magic, you know, there. Just like, just, just awesome. She has the gift of encouragement. This is, this is a 10-year-old girl. <laughs> it's amazing. Each of us is given a gift according to the grace that God has given us. You know, not all gifts, gifts are relational, Paul says. Look at this, by the way. We're getting to the end of this passage here. But he says, if a man's gift is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. And this month, we've been highlighting a couple of special giving opportunities. We love doing stuff like this, like remodeling kitchens. Like, what kind of church does that? Jesus' church. We've been highlighting um, that a couple we set, we think God set before us this fall. We have a, a life group for singles mom. This is the first time ever. We're so excited about that. But we were like, you know what? We want to pay for professional child care so that single moms can have an hour and a half each week just to enjoy a kid-free connection. <laughs> Just so that they've got an hour and a half just to, just to connect and pray, look at the Bible, and support one another. I mean, with all that single mom's face, working a job, raising kids, running them from school, taking care of a home, trying to make ends meet, we thought, what's a practical way to show Jesus' special concern and love for single moms? Well, like child care. So the coolest thing is, we put this up here on the slide. You know what happens? Last week, a young couple comes up to Pastor Dave and says, we got it. We will take care of the whole semester. And they okay, all right, yeah. And they wrote a check for the whole semester, $1,200. That's a lot of money. And, and with the gifts of some others, this is going to now allow us to provide for multiple semesters, okay? Now, why did he and his wife, I know their situation, why did he and his wife give that gift? Well, I just had an extra thou lying around the house. Not so much. <laughs> it's because God's given this couple a special gift of giving, of contributing financially. What's it say? To meet the needs of others. So they're exercising their gift. The Spirit lays it on their heart to give. And they respond. And the needs within this body, this family, are met. It's not because they don't have needs of their own. I, they've got their own kids. They've got three kids. But they said, part of our responsibility of financially being gifted is to say, hey, this isn't just for our benefit. This is one of the main reasons God's entrusted me, to help meet the needs of those around me, who some of them I don't even know. That is beautiful. That is a beautiful thing. Do you see this? This mosaic? It takes a diverse group of people with your unique gift to make a fully functioning family. You know, if you'd like to exercise your gift of generous giving, you notice we still have that one opportunity left. We're going to be video casting this message in high definition this fall. Really excited about this. Just to provide people you've never met, our online community, those 7,000 people listen each week, we're now going to give them video. 
and it spans from like California to London to Australia of, of our weekend service. So they can actually see biblical teaching firsthand and experience the taste of what we enjoy firsthand here on, on the weekends. And, 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 and this is a big part, okay, of our, of our enlarging, kind of our evolving vision for growing a local church that actually has a global impact, not just locally. But this takes money. You know, the investment in cameras, software, editing, base, to, record, to do this with excellence, that's another one of our core values. Probably around 10,000 or so. We said, well, we can get by with about 8,500. But that's going to require people with the gift of vision and generosity to make that a reality. And thankfully, our family has those people. Two weeks ago, uh, a friend here in our family was transitioning jobs, and he got an extra $2,000 from his company. He said, wow, thank God. I mean, unexpected blessing. And then he came to the service, saw this, and said, this, this vision to reach people across the sea who will never meet with God's word, you know what he did? He turned around and gifted the check to liquid. It's incredible. That's incredible. That is a sacrifice. But maybe you share our vision for digital evangelism and impacting lives of people will never meet, at least this side of heaven. If that's you, give, it says, the Bible says, give generously, not in response to pressure or guilt, but out of a heart that's awakened, like I've been blessed and I want to pass this thing along. We're talking to Pastor Dave after the service. But speaking of vision, you notice the next gift that Paul highlights is the gift of, um, of leadership. And a lot of times when we hear leadership, we think of, you know, the upfront people. Well, Tim's up here talking, Dave's up here, you know, playing, playing the music. You think of gung-ho leaders who are all like, you know, take the hill, no man left behind. Well, the people in our community, can I just real be candid with you? With some of the most effective gifts of leadership actually work behind the scenes. And get this, many of them, if not most, are women. I, okay, women, look at this, hear us roar. I hear the word leadership and I think of Lauren Vicari and Abby Hansen, for instance. Okay, Lauren and Abby, they serve on a monthly basis. There's, there's Kathy, there's Jen, okay, as our service administrators. You know what happens when you see them? You know why they got those clipboards? You ever see 100 greeters, 300 people plus in a sanctuary, organizing, arranging, administering the times and cues. And that, you know, you know what? They do it effortlessly. They're like unflappable in the midst of details. Last minute changes. It makes my head spin. I lack that gift. You don't want to see my sock drawer, okay? But you ought to see Lauren's. <laughs> or maybe not. That'd be weird. But you get the idea. <laughs> Gifted leadership. Look at Jerry. Jerry has the spiritual gift of bigness. He will bounce you, okay? If there's a problem here, he's on the security team. It's not even listed here. But these are a sampling Paul's given us of, of who God set in the body. And the final gift there, it says, is mercy. You know, I was getting my stuff together earlier this morning, and I'm on my way over here very early, and I hear someone else in the back of our staff offices, and I'm like, Dave, Mike, you know, who's there? Cliff. Anyone know Cliff? Cliff Moore comes out of the back room with his big Earl Grey tea in hand. He goes by Clifford, the big red dog around the office. But some of you know him as Cliff the Counselor. He's another member of our church family who's using his God-given gift of mercy to serve the needs of hurting people. Cliff is actually a licensed associate counselor who, along with Amy Tapper, work under Pastor Glenn to provide the kind of counseling and mercy giving that people need in a crisis. They're two very different people, but they're a soft place to land when the hurts and pains of life touch down in your life. And many of you, you know, you see that. You see that in them. That's a gift. That's, by the way, one of the ways you know that you're serving out of your, your, your gifting, when, when it's not a chore, but it's a joy. I saw Cliff. I was like, oh, dude, thanks for coming so early. He's like, you kidding me? I wouldn't miss this. It brings you alive. Far from draining you, it actually brings meaning and fulfillment that far transcends what you do nine to five. You've got a gift and you need to use it. It may not even be a strength per se, but um, God wants to use weakness and wounding for his glory. I think of some of these life groups that we are offering this year. One of them is called Forgiven and Set Free. There it is. Look at this. We actually have people over 37. It's amazing. Glenn, thank you. Glenn and Alan and, uh, and Esther and Joanne. You guys married up. Nice job. One of, our, one of our life groups is actually called Forgiven and Set Free. And it's specifically designed to help women who've experienced the loss of abortion. And that's an area, abortion recovery, where a lot of women actually need mercy and understanding and tenderness and healing. And our leaders of that group are women with merciful hearts, wanting to embrace other women who are in that kind of grief or regret, completely confidential, completely compassionate. That's a gift a gift from their lives to our community. So take a look at this, this list of gifts for a moment. Stop looking at the screen. Nick, don't block on that. Take a look. Look at this list of gifts, all right? This is not a complete list of all gifts here in Romans, but Paul gives a broad sampling of the kinds of gifts God uses to build up his body. Can you imagine the kinds of people who'd have each one? I mean, prophets, right? Often bold and articulate, but servers, those behind the scenes, faithful and committed teachers, money-clear thinkers. 
Encourage us to know how to motivate others. Give us, give us generous and trusting. I think you'd agree it'd be very difficult for one person to embody all these gifts, wouldn't it? I mean, someone who is like a, an assertive prophet would not usually make a good counselor. That's why Glenn like keeps me away from Cliff and Amy. <laughs> like you just stand up there, use the bullhorn. Uh, <laughs> a giver might be generous, but not a front lines leader, so they support behind the scenes. What Paul's inviting everyone at the church in Rome and us to do is identify your gift and then ask, how can I use it here? What's, what's your gift? Do you have any idea? Because this lift, list is really infinite. This is just a sampling. I mean, you know, I, I joke about Jerry, you know, and Alex Bauer, who lead our security team, you know, have the gift of bigness. <laughs> but you know what? They, they have a gift. They have a gift for making sure, because they, they may have eyeballed you on your way in. Because they want to make this the safest place around. I mean, this is a heavily trafficked place. The Hyatt, we got kids here. How do we make sure we have no child ever in a situation where they could be misplaced or taken or stole or hurt anything. They are there, and we've not had it one time. One time, we've never had a crisis situation. But they got a plan in place. Don't test it. <laughs> what happens when we use them together? Wholeness, completion, unity. Not sameness, but your strengths balancing my weaknesses. And that's really why we have service team, because this is Jesus' church, and he's our model. Um, and he came to us in the form of what? I mean, what did you, how did Jesus come? He's the king. We use the words king. He's savior. He's Lord. But he also say, I came to you as a servant. I didn't come to be served, but to serve and give my life as a ransom for many. I think of Philippians 2, 5 through 7. Let's just turn there real quick, kind of as we wrap this thing up. This encourages us to adopt the same attitude as Christ. It says, your attitude, your spirit should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, he was God. He didn't consider equality with God something to be grasped, like, look at me. But he made himself, what word? Nothing. Nothing. Emptying himself. Taking the very nature of a servant. A lot of churches want to guilt you into serving or serve out of duty or obligation, like, all right, I should be given something back. No! We serve here because it's one of the primary ways we become like Jesus Christ. Serving is like the on-ramp to maturity. It's one of the fast tracks of growth. I, I can't tell you. Just, I'm going to be totally honest. I, uh, let's go with it. Okay. I can't tell you how many Christians come to our church and complain, how come you don't have more uh, classes on... <laughs> or Ecclesiastes or a topic like the atonement. I Because I want to grow deep. Where's the meat? You know what I tell them? I go, are you any chance um, are you serving on a team? You know what too often the response is? Well, no, I mean, I, I don't have the time. I'll be honest, personal opinion, not scripture. I think there is a ceiling in the Christian life where more information is actually an obstacle to inner transformation. I mean this. Because there comes a moment in every believer's life where it's like, I got the main message here, but now it's time to put this thing into action. And if we don't do that and make that sacrifice, it doesn't matter how many books you read or studies you go to. It's like reading every book on basketball out there but never picking up the ball and playing the game. You will hit the ceiling. You will actually cap out at intellectual knowledge, but limited heart understanding. And those richer fruits of the Spirit, humility, kindness, true love, they won't develop because they only come by following Jesus' live example of servanthood. That's the most striking example. This may be found in John chapter 13. You can turn back there, page 748. This Jesus performs. I mean, he's like trying to get this into his disciples. One of the most vivid examples of humble behind-the-scenes service. You remember what he does? Right? He gets his disciples together. They share a meal together. And then he gets up and he wraps a towel around his waist and did the unthinkable. What's he do? He washes their feet, which was considered in Jesus' day one of the lowliest, most degrading household tasks left to slaves. It says when Jesus got up from the meal, he took off his outer clothing, wrapped a towel around his waist. That was the posture of a servant. That's how household servants dressed in the first century. No shirt, towel around the waist and use it to, to wash the feet of the master's guests. I mean, when you traveled by dusty road at that time, wreaked havoc on your feet. And Jesus said, you want to see what true love is like? Check this out. Poured water into a basin, began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around them. You know what the disciples did? It rocked their world. <laughs> they came to believe that the message of Jesus, they said, you are the son of God. You are the Lord and Savior. You're the almighty God. What are you doing down here washing my feet? Jesus said, oh, 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 oh. I, I, I've come to serve. In, fa in fact, if I don't wash you, you don't have any part of me. In other words, you can't be part of my kingdom if you don't assume the posture of a servant. And Peter, wise guy Peter, he's like, oh, oh, oh. well, then not just my feet, but my head too. <laughs> and Jesus is like, actually, Peter, 
You don't even know what you're talking about here. I'm about to give my life up, and this is just an example of it. And what I'm giving you, and the words he uses, are an example that you should do as I have done for you. You don't hear that verse quite a lot. How many of you have the spiritual gift of washing feet? Go ahead. We still got a few flip-flop people coming in. Take a quick glance in your row at the feet in your row real quick. Yeah. All right. A little awkward moment. Okay. Jesus is saying to the extent that you're willing to humbly serve in the mo- meeting the most basic lowly needs of a brother or sister, that'll determine how much we actually belong to his family. He's like, this is a model. This is an example, a pattern in using your gifts to serve one another. Follow my need. Something happens, folks, when you invest your life serving the poor, putting up cabinets for a single mom, donating money to ease another's life, getting up early to set up a kid's nursery, sacrificing your son to provide music for God's people. You know what happens? You morph. You transform. Little by little, week after week, you come to resemble our Savior, Jesus. And I'll admit it, this is a very different model of leadership than we are used to, right? What it means to achieve status and recognition. In Matthew 20, Jesus calls disciples together and he he says this. This is great. Just listen to this. He said, um, you guys know that the rulers of the Gentiles rule it over them. Not so with you. Whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And he who wants to be first must be your servant slave come last just as the son of man didn't come to be served but to serve and give his life as a ransom for money following jesus is a lifestyle marked by self-expenditure there's no symbol that communicates that reality greater than the cross i mean jesus's ultimate act of service and sacrifice on behalf of us those in need it's the heart of jesus serving it's the essence of Christian love, and we're told to imitate him in this respect. That's why our, uh, we actually wrote this into our church family covenant. It says the members of the church family commit to serving others strategically. That simply means putting the heart, your heart and your hands in the place of greatest demand. Even if you don't know what your gift is, there are a couple of ways um, to help you discover that. And, uh, and you can take this brochure, this little service team's brochure. We, we put one on every seat so you can see the kind of things there. But Mike Leahy, he's the guy with the blonde hair. He's our director of service teams, and he's a pretty good reader of people where you might fit. But if you have no idea what your gifts are or what you might plug into this fall, let me make a suggestion. Just start serving somewhere. It doesn't even matter where exactly, but when you join a team, you'll serve alongside other people, some of the finest people in our church, who will get to know you and get a sense of how God's wired you. There are all sorts of places to plug in. You'll notice real quickly, I'll let you read this at your leisure, but Mike broke it up into a different section. It says, I enjoy people. Like, if you really are a people person, join the greeting team. Liquid Kids Greeting, Welcome Center, E-Prayer and Care. You know all those prayer requests you write every week? We as a staff, we pray for you, but some of them, they they totally invite us to a a, a more in-depth conversation. We have people who you'll never meet who pray for you every week and write in right responses sometimes page long praying for you on your behalf little liquid liquid kids mentor teens mentor we just started our teens maybe you're like you know i'm a junior high teacher and that's a special gift <laughs> loving a 12 year old <laughs> you know what i'm talking about yeah i see you nodding your head and the hard thing the hardest thing is say i do that five days a week would you do it a six because your gift isn't your own uh, you look on this it says um we got this, we put this as a way to say, you know, if you don't like people, here's how you can serve. It says, I enjoy logistics. I kid about that, but we need people with muscle, man. Maybe you live right here in Morristown. You can walk across the street on Sunday morning, and, and we're going to serve you coffee and breakfast. But, but man, if you could help us, like, set this whole thing up and, and be part of the delivery team and run in the elevator with, with Jerry and the crew or join our media team with Nick and everybody, or maybe it's even, even during the week. We had midweek people who come in during the week. These things you're holding your hands. These were folded by somebody. <laughs> Lois, Ruby, Marie, Ashley. Can we thank the ladies who come in during the week? Indispensable. They burn CDs that go to the newcomers. They fold bulletins. They do all sorts of things. There's all sorts of ways to get involved. And finally, it says, I enjoy performing. Maybe you do have a creative talent. Maybe like Cindy, you, you could help host Liquid Kids. Or, or maybe you have a, a musical gift up here. We would love, we, it's our job to help you learn how to use that gift. So you can count on us. If you sign up, you'll notice there's a little sign-up form here that I'm going to invite you to take a pen and even fill out. If you're currently serving, you don't have to fill this thing out. But if you're like, you know what? All right, I can do this. Um, We're going to give you three things you sign up today. First thing we're going to give you is first-class training. You actually don't need to know what to do at all. (laughs) We assume nobody knows anything. 
Second thing you're going to get is our deep heartfelt thanks. And the third thing you're going to get is a cool T-shirt. <laughs> We're going to get a T-shirt. But today is the day because we are catering after this service in about 10 minutes a gourmet lunch for every volunteer and prospective volunteer. In fact, if you serve anywhere on our service teams, we are treating you to lunch. And I think we actually have a special guest who's going to come out and tell you about the lunch that you are now invited to. Pastor Lucas, can I offer you some water, please? Oh, thank you, Mike. Thank you, sir. Actually, we're really excited about the opportunity we have to take care of you today. We invested in some tuxedos. I'm not much, much for a suit guy, but hey, you get the picture. Um, but really, we're so excited about um, pre providing you an opportunity to see what it's like to serve at Liquid. Um, so much of what you said, Tim, is so true. Um, about finding, you know, a place where you can connect with people, where you can serve, you can use your gifts. Um, like Bailey this morning, I'm excited about coming in here. Bailey got up at what time? Four o'clock. Drove from south to Tom's River and came and helped set up this stage. Now this stage doesn't happen without people like Bailey making it happen, um, and that's why we want to love on you guys a little bit. It's our op opportunity to say thank you for getting up at four, staying until ten o'clock at night. Uh, and serve you guys. So we're really excited about sharing lunch with you uh, and, lo and loving on you guys a little bit. So I hope you're going to come down and join us. So this lunch is actually downstairs in the Terrace Ballroom where we were last week. There will be gourmet food. And even if you haven't served yet, can you still come? Absolutely. Because one of the biggest things you're going to find is you're going to get a sense of what the environment is like when you're on a team. Uh, and that's all part of the experience. It's all part of working alongside people is the environment that you're a part of. Awesome. Can we thank Mike Leahy for being here? You're going to go get the food set up. Good times. High class. That's as close as Mike gets to, uh, you know, dressed up. Don't ever invite him to a wedding. That's how he shows up. Um, you can do that right now by filling out the sign-up form. You can drop it in the offering as it goes around. Uh, and, and better yet, this is important because a lot of people ask uh, one question. They say, well, I'm a little bit worried because I don't want to get signed up for life. Am I committed for life? Hardly. We ask people to simply serve in three-month intervals. So if you sign up to serve this fall, the idea is you would do that for October, November, and December. That's the term of your commitment. And then after the dust of Christmas settles, you are totally free. You, you could re-up, you could join another team, or just simply walk away. We will not guilt you, I promise. <laughs> and, and you'll serve. You could serve once a month or, or, or twice every Sunday. We leave that choice totally up to you. You may actually say, I can only serve once a month. That is awesome. We would love to have you. But none of these gifts are insignificant. Not throwing out diapers, every one of them contributes to the face of Jesus Christ. That's what connected living is about. Linking arms to accomplish together something for God that none of us could do on our own. If you go back to that beautiful image used by now and look at that. Community is like a large mosaic. Each little piece seems so insignificant. One piece is bright red, the guy with the bullhorn, another cold blue or, or dull green. You may feel like you don't make a difference. Another warm purple, another sharp yellow, another shining gold. As individual stones, we can do little with them except compare them and judge their beauty and value. However, when all these little stones are brought together in one big mosaic portraying the face of Christ, who would ever question the importance of any one of them? That's community, a fellowship of little people who together make God visible in this world. That's connected living, folks. You've been given a gift your strength is needed. There is a role for you to play here at Liquid, and the question is, will you be a part of it? I hope you will. Because all of us together is better than one of us alone. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together. Jesus, I want to thank you so much for your people, Lord. Um, just watching them in action, literally changing the life of the Coscarello family through their generosity and their time and their gifts, Lord. It's just... It chokes you up, Father, because you, you just see like it's like the kingdom of heaven touches down on earth for just a minute. We don't see it a lot in our world. So thanks, Lord, for, for leading our church. Thank you for allowing us to be on, in on your mission, to show your love with a no-strings-attached way to people who need help. I just want to thank you for every man and woman who is already serving and has sacrificed so much of their time, so much of their lives, family time, Lord to build your body here in Morristown. 
Lord, I want to pray for the men and women who are going to serve this fall, Lord. We ask for the filling of your Holy Spirit, that it wouldn't be, Lord, um, our strength or our muscle or caffeine, Lord, that gives us the power to make a difference. But it would be your Holy Spirit poured out freshly in men and women who are on fire for you, Lord. Do something great, Father. We love what you're doing. And we ask you to come now. And we all sit together. Amen.